for me, wellness is really holistic. And I think about the term holistic in meaning physical, mental, and spiritual slash emotional. So it could be four, but for a lot of people, the spiritual and emotional, we can kind of wrap it into one. And so your nutrition obviously plays a role in your physical wellness. Like food matters to your muscles, to your bones, to your blood health, to your brain health, to your immune health. Like food, it's everything to our physical health. So it absolutely matters. But a lot of people are only focusing on the physical inputs and the physical health and then compromising their mental health. When your mental health is struggling and you're really stressed, stress is one of the leading causes of chronic illness. So then your mental health is now negatively impacting your physical health. Welcome to Designing Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla Joseph, a wellness designer who's passionate about helping you design a lifestyle intertwined by nature, optimal health, and wellness right at home. We're here to have raw and honest conversations about the things that really matter, our health, well-being, and our home. From sustainability to sleep quality, each episode will teach you practical applications that you'll be able to integrate in your day-to-day lifestyle. This is the Designing Wellness Podcast. Honest question. Have you ever been obsessed with a number on the scale? Be honest. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you worked out, or how strict your diet was, that number was just not moving. I mean, maybe you flicked about a pound or two, but it seems so far away from your ultimate goal. Can you resonate? If so, I've been there. And I can understand how frustrating it is to put so much into a goal and not see it come to life. Now, this week's episode is a very interesting one. My special guest is Sloane Elizabeth, and she is a food freedom coach. She is a yoga teacher, a speaker, a podcaster, an ice cream lover. She has an undergraduate from Vanderbilt University and currently working on her master's in holistic clinical nutrition at the Maryland University of Integrated Health. Her passion is to help women eat and live with love and intuition. Her goal is to coach women to feel properly nourished, satisfied, and confident in their bodies. Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Same. Thank you so much for having me, Priscilla. It's amazing to meet you. And yeah, I know a lot of magic is going to flow through us. I want to start by asking you, what's something interesting that you did this morning? Hmm, this morning. Okay, I think it's interesting, but I made a breakfast that I literally never make before. I've never made it before this way. I typically don't make my breakfast this way. And that's interesting to me because a lot of people are eating on autopilot and they just make their breakfast or their coffee or their matcha the same way every morning. And when you actually take just like 30 seconds to tap in, you get a lot of interesting information and data. And for me, that guided me to make this really beautiful breakfast plate with a lot of different things on it, like a lot of different 
little, um, almost like appetizers that came together to form a full breakfast. And I'm typically all about smoothies and I just wasn't in the mood this morning. So that was kind of interesting in my opinion. I was actually thinking about the question this morning and I was asking myself, okay, what are you doing that's interesting this morning, Priscilla? I'm into getting into the routine of drinking tea right now. I'm trying out tea's tea. Oh my goodness, Sloan, we can actually have an entire podcast episode about tea versus coffee. So (laughs) I'm sure we could. (laughs) Now, I don't want to ramble over by myself and I'm sure the listeners want to hear about you. And so, We want to hear your story. Bring us back to the beginning. Tell us about your mission. What inspired you to become a food freedom coach? It's so specific and so much purpose in um, that title. And so how did you start? Tell us. It is so purposeful. And my mission is honestly to help women become their best, highest selves. And I just happened to do that through food in the beginning. But then once my clients enter my world and my realm, they realize that it never had anything to do with food. And then we get to not only eat with love and intuition, but actually live with love and intuition. So I do talk about food a lot on like the public space and in the public plane. And then once people are in my world, we talk about food, we talk relationships, we talk about career, everything. So the reason why though it's food freedom and why food is the place where I start the healing work with my clients is because that's what happened to me. So I struggled with my relationship with food and body image when I was in my late teens. I grew up not struggling with food at all. A lot of people will start feeling body shame or just thinking about their body when they're 13 or 15, right? In those younger years, post-puberty, your body starts changing. For me, that period was totally fine. But when I turned like 17, that's when my body started to change. And I started getting hips and more of a tummy and thighs. And I thought that something was wrong because wasn't that supposed to happen when I was 13 and it's been four years? Like what the heck? So that's when my body image struggles really started. And I created all of these different food rules for myself because I was trying to be scientific about it. I wanted to lose weight, but I wanted to do it in a healthy, correct way with major quotes because that healthy, correct way that I found on Google and on Pinterest was diet culture. And I remember even once going to Whole Foods and I was so desperate and I was so frustrated with my body that I I don't remember if I bought them. I think I I don't think I did. There were like these weight loss homeopathic sort of pills. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I like want to buy weight loss pills right now, but like I do. And again, I don't think that I ended up buying them, but I remember there was this humongous struggle in my entire like heart, body, and soul in this Whole Foods. And so I realized that I needed to change. I needed to do something. I needed to heal. If I didn't, then I was going to spiral into like a full on eating disorder and it was just going to get worse. So for me, the healing started in the classroom actually, because I was pre-med and then I took the nutrition classes that were offered. And I realized that nutrition was an entire field and I 
was just like, yes, this is what I want to do. This makes so much sense. And so learning the science did help to bust some of those diet culture myths and all the food rules about metabolism and, you know, biology and macros and all that jazz. But knowing something intellectually is very different from deeply, genuinely trusting it and believing it and implementing it. And so I was learning all this stuff, but I was still really scared and I was still really anxious and feeling out of control with food and feeling this like restrictive mindset. So then I just so happened to stumble upon Gabby Bernstein and her work around spirituality. And I listened to her book, The Universe Has Your Back. I remember like walking around campus, listening to this book and everything just clicked into place. And I realized it was never about food. It was always about the deeper subconscious fears around control, perfectionism, um, self-worth and learning how to heal on that level, on a subconscious level with your intuition and connecting to spirituality was what helped me heal my relationship with food. Like it was that bottom up approach where, okay, the control, the perfectionism, the self-worth, the self-love is really the root of this. Okay. If I can shift that, heal that, then of course, making food decisions and taking care of myself from a place of love is going to be easy. And it was. So that's how I ended up getting here, combining the science with the spirituality because it's what worked for me. And I didn't see anybody else doing that which confused me and bothered me. So I was like, okay, let's fucking go. Like I need to bring this to as many women as I can. It hurts me in some sort of ways because I can relate. I was that girl. And why isn't there coaching and education around young girls, right? Our metabolism changes. I'm not a a nutritionist by all means or an expert in the field of nutrition, but with my own body and seeing how metabolism changed throughout the years and going through just different seasons of life. Like I remember just falling in love with working out and weight training and going through that journey, I've lost a lot of body fat. And then you start, like, I started becoming obsessive, like, okay, I need to get to this percentage. I need to get to this percentage. And then how this obviously food plays a huge impact on different goals and and seeing my body image then and thinking, okay, if only I could reach that goal, like I'm going to feel satisfied, right? Yeah. And obviously being in a different season of life now and being a mom and uh, like a, new, a fairly new mom, <laughs> I'd so like exciting. to think, and just processing, okay, what does like body image look like now? And so mm. I really think that the education needs to start at a very young age. And it's true at the teenage, teenage years. Yeah. I love, I love hearing your story. So when we talk about wellness and nutrition, can you dive in a little bit more and tell us how nutrition plays a role in our well-being? Absolutely. And I just want to know also Priscilla that I have had the honor of working with a lot of teenage women and college age women. And it's always so exciting because I know that they're going to now have a more beautiful relationship with food for the rest of their lives. But I've also worked with women in their forties, fifties, even sixties. And for them, for, for some of them, it's been decades. Like it did start when they were younger and they just never dealt with it. For some, it did come later, but I can definitely say that none of them regret changing their life later on in life. Even though they say, oh my God, I wish I found you when I was 20. 
They're like, at least I found you now. Um, so it's never too late. And it also, yeah, the shame, the guilt, the struggle, the dieting can come in different seasons of life, especially in the postpartum world of, you know, getting back on track, back to your pre-baby body. Like there's so much fear. And so nutrition plays a really important like piece in our wellness in three different parts. Because for me, wellness is really holistic. And I think about the term holistic in meaning physical, mental, and spiritual slash emotional. So it could be four, but for a lot of people, it, the spiritual and the emotional, we can kind of wrap it into one. And so your nutrition obviously plays a role in your physical wellness, like food matters to your muscles, to your bones, to your blood health, to your brain health, to your immune health, like food, it's everything to our physical health. So it absolutely matters. But a lot of people are only focusing on the physical inputs and the physical health and then compromising their mental health. When your mental health is struggling and you're really stressed, stress is one of the leading causes of chronic illness. So then your mental health is now negatively impacting your physical health. So that's why the stress of dieting or binging or feeling shameful about your body actually cancels out all the kale that you're eating because that stress is in some cases worse for you than just eating the cookie or the Oreo would have been. So then we can also see food impacting your mental health, of course, right? Like your relationship with food and nutrition can either cause you to be really stressed out, feel really guilty, feel really obsessive, right? Thinking about the gym or thinking about food all the time. Or it can add a lot of peace and happiness to your life. That's why I love my sweet tooth. I have a big sweet tooth. And eating dessert makes me mentally happy. So can't I celebrate that and honor that, right? So it can impact our mental health positively. And then also it impacts our spiritual and emotional health. So holidays are coming up right? Or maybe you're listening to this after the holidays and your birthday is coming up or an anniversary is coming up. And food is a way that we come together. It's a way that we celebrate. It's connected to tradition. When you travel, a lot of people are excited about trying new foods, trying new flavors, and that's connected to our emotions, our, our spirit, our soul, right? Like family connections, traditions, um, the smell of food might bring you back to a memory. And for me, that's spiritual. Like that's speaking to your spirit. It's less about tarot cards and crystals and, you know, that sort of spirituality. It's more about just like touching your soul. And, you know, there's a reason why in a lot of cultures and religions, people pray over their food because food is energy and then we eat it and we absorb that energy, whether it's, you know, we're absorbing the nutrients or we're absorbing the love that was like infused into that food when it was cooked, or we're absorbing the energy and the words that were, you know, placed over this food before we ate, it actually really, really matters. And I would say all three of those pieces matter equally. And when you can honor food and nutrition with your physical health, your mental health, and your emotional and spiritual health, then to me, you're eating with love and intuition. For me, I can say that throughout my journey, I've realized that it's so easy to neglect a component of who we are. So either the mind or our emotions, or like you said, spirituality, but we're so intertwined. We're one, right? Like everything yes. works together. And so if we're, if one is hurting, 
all the other components are hurting in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I love the way you've give, given the example of just praying over a meal. And it's just, Sloan, let us know in terms of integrating wellness and nutrition, wellness and nutrition, did I say that? Yes, <laughs> wellness and nutrition. Tell us, how can we integrate practical skills into our, our day-to-day, into our lifestyle without restricting controlling our diets. Absolutely. This is so important because I think a lot of people think about intuitive eating or food freedom, and they think it means throwing away all physical health goals or intentions, and that scares people. They think that food freedom, having it, practicing it, means that you're just going to eat whatever, whenever. So you're going to eat cake for breakfast because you can. You're going to eat fries every day because that's what you're craving. And that is for me, not it. That's why I teach women how to eat with love and intuition. It's a little bit different than standard intuitive eating because it is intentional about the physical, the mental, and the spiritual well-being. And you're using your intuition to help you decide what to eat, when, how much. And that intuition comes from your soul. Your intuition is not just what you're craving. So in terms of integrating practicality into your day-to-day life, the first thing I would say is how can you open up a communication channel with your body and with your intuition so that you know what your hunger cues are saying. You know what your fullness cues are saying. You know what your body is asking of you, whether it's asking for a rest day or whether it's saying, you know, going for that walk or going to the gym is actually what's going to bring me that energy. It's very nuanced. It's not black and white. You're not following a meal plan or a diet. You're relying on yourself and your intuition. So some ways to open up that communication channel might be meditation. It might be visualization. It might just be deep breathing. It could be journaling. Um, if you're arriving at the kitchen or at a restaurant and you're not actually really sure how hungry you are, you can practice placing a hand on your stomach, like actually where your stomach is, which is a lot higher than most people think. It's like right where your ribs start to open below and like belly button area. That's like your intestines. So we want to place a hand on your stomach and imagine that you are becoming microscopic and you're zooming down and then you get to enter it into your stomach and like check it out and assess the scene. What do you feel? What do you see? What is the status of your stomach right now? And so that can take 30 seconds, right? To place a hand on your stomach Maybe close your eyes, take a breath, dive into your stomach, and get curious about those hunger cues. So those are some ways to open up the communication channel with your body. I would also say what we talked about, like praying over your food or, you know, I don't exactly do that. I would say for me, it's more taking a breath to just take in the sight of my food and get excited and be grateful and just notice. Like awareness is the first step in any sort of healing journey because if you're not aware of where you are, then there's no way that you're going to clearly and efficiently get to where you want to go. So taking a moment to just breathe, arrive with your food, be grateful, notice the colors. This is a little bit of mindful eating practices. So those are two practical tips. Um, And yeah, I would also say that I'm not super into tips and tricks because I find that a lot of times they're really surface level. So instead of just focusing on what you can do, I would rather you focus on like how you're feeling, what you're believing, because ultimately your beliefs and especially your subconscious ones are dictating like 90% of your reality. And so if we want to change your behavior and your action, we have to start with the subconscious beliefs first, 
work on those. And then as I described in my own healing journey, the action follows kind of is like that trickle up effect. I had to mute myself because I was constantly saying yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. 100%. And I feel like we can keep having a conversation. There's so much to dive in. Like this is, like you said, it's surface level. There's so much more when it comes to nutrition and how that impacts our mental health and well-being and how that intertwines all together. And so I want to give you the platform right now. Sloan, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? And if you're working on any upcoming project that we should be aware of, yeah, let us know where we can connect with you. Totally. Well, this has been so fun and amazing. And yes, if you are feeling you know, the energy here and you're like, yes, wait, I want more. Why is this episode almost over? Then definitely come and hang out with me. So I am always on Instagram, which is Sloan Elizabeth. On TikTok, it's Sloan.Elizabeth. And then my website is Sloan-Elizabeth because I could not get Sloan Elizabeth everywhere. Um, so those are the platforms where I post. And then in terms of connecting more, if you want to learn more about the Food Freedom Collective, which is my signature online program to do just this, to heal your relationship with and food, then you can apply. Um, the link is always in my bio. If you want a little bit more information first, then there is a free workshop that you can access um, on the three steps to stop obsessively thinking about food. And that workshop would also be in my Instagram and TikTok link in bios. And then um, something that's kind of a secret project, which I'll tell you about here, is that I will be coming out with a really amazing Black Friday bundle. Um, details are going to still stay hush-hush, but just be on the lookout for that because it's going to be a really fantastic stepping stone into healing your relationship with... Yeah. And then I just launched my own podcast as well, which is The Sloan Elizabeth Show. So if you search Sloan Elizabeth anywhere, you'll likely find me. <laughs> That's so awesome. I We also want to learn a little bit more about you, Sloan, and I have some fun questions. Cool. We'll do... Uh, 30 second fire rapid questions or lightning questions now. And so I'm going to start my timer. Have you ever lived abroad? Yes. I went to Sydney, Australia for four months when I was in college. Oh, wow. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> have, uh, do you enjoy running? No, I hate running. Would you ever try stand-up comedy? I would if it was a dare, but I probably wouldn't go for it myself. Have you ever played a lottery ticket? Yes. I've won like little scratchers, you know, like a dollar or two. Do you speak more than one uh, one language? I minored in French and I'm learning Portuguese as well because my boyfriend is Brazilian. So I'm, I'm trying. That's so awesome. Our time is up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. I feel like our listeners too. All the links will be in the show notes. And so you can definitely connect with Sloan. And once again, Sloan, thank you so much for being on the show. I had a lot of fun today. Same. Thank you, Priscilla. This has been amazing. And I can't wait to chat more with you and with the listeners. And yeah, thanks so much for having me. 